Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast. I am your host. My name is Jake Schwanitz. We are, of course, presented by the American Raptors. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for one of their rugby matches or stream all their games at that website. If you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby just may be your next ride. Welcome into the show, guys. I know we have a lot of new listeners uh, with the Coach Prime hire. It's a very exciting time in Buff Nation. A lot of you JSU fans have been tuning in also. So real quick, just wanted to go over a few things before we get into today's podcast. We are going to talk a lot about the basketball team today. A little bit of Coach Prime stuff towards the end, but this is going to be mostly focused on the basketball team since we are in season And because of the Coach Prime stuff, it's been a little busy around here. For those of you who are used to watching us on YouTube or listening to those live podcasts, our DMVR Buffs Prime Times, this is what it was like for most of the season. Me chilling in my apartment, sitting in front of my computer, hot mic in front of my face, talking about the Buffs, football, basketball, anything that was coming up. It's a very exciting time in Buff Nation. The basketball team is struggling a little bit, but we're going to try and make sense of it all. It's an absolutely loaded show, tons of content in terms of the basketball perspective of the Buffs here. The CSU game is on Thursday in Boulder at the CU Event Center. It is going to be insane. I cannot imagine what this atmosphere is going to be like. I'm sure it's just going to be a huge ball of energy. Of course, our guy over at DMBR Rams, Justin Michael, is going to be covering that one for his side of the court. I'll be on this other side covering the buffs. But in preparation for that game, we are going to discuss just how this season has gone, how these teams have been going, and how we kind of project how this season is going to go. Also, we have a new, I don't want to call him a guest because he's going to be on more than once, but we have a new member of DMVR Buffs that is joining as an intern Will Darkey is going to join at the very end. He is a student at CU. He's going to give his perspective on the Dion hire, what campus is like, as well as talking about his takeaways from last week's game against Washington. You can expect Will to be on here fairly often, talking football, talking basketball. We're excited about that to get him rolling. So let's just get on on into it. Before we talk to Justin, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at GameTime. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. You won't find a better deal this season on Buffs basketball tickets 
or if you're already looking at Buffs football tickets, go ahead and check out that link in the description of the podcast. Or if you are checking out the article for this podcast on the website, that link will also be in there. If you love DMVR, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Also, shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Everyone can also earn up to a 100% odds boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Tons of great deals going across the home screen. We gave out our pick of the week yesterday. Ryan, I mean, <laughs> throughout the Broncos under, I don't blame him. It's just pain to hear this every time we talk about it. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DMVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Again, it's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. As I mentioned, we're going to talk to Justin Michael. We have about a 20-minute conversation. Not going to delay any longer. Here is my guy, JM, from DMVR Rams. What up, y'all? Justin Michael of DNVR Rams here. We have a fun crossover episode. If you listen to the Rams pod, you know my voice. I am joined by Jake Schwanitz. He covers the buffs. It's been a crazy time for Jake, obviously, with the Deion Sanders stuff. Uh, have you slept at all this week? Um, I have technically slept. I have not slept well, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. That is, uh, that's how it goes. CSU actually one year ago today announced Jay Norvell as their new head coach. So the vibes have drastically improved there uh, for both schools on the football front. Basketball, though, has been rolling now for both of these sides for quite some time. Uh, Tad Boyle, Nico Medved, two of the more underappreciated coaches in the game nationally, in my opinion, had a tremendous recruiter. I think Nico, from an X's and O's perspective, is uh, is about as good as it gets. Both of these teams have, have been a little bit erratic at moments this season. Um, have had really high moments, obviously, with the Buffs taking down Tennessee really convincingly. Also lost by double digits to a good Boise State team, but not a great Boise State team by any means. Now have lost back-to-back games. Uh, fell to Arizona State at home in a heart-wrencher. Felt like the Buffs kind of just let them hang around and let them hang around and kind of gifted them a couple of opportunities An experienced ASU team, which has done a good job of adding talent via the portal took advantage. Buffs followed that up with a even more disappointing loss against Washington. Good team, but it kind of felt like a hangover loss, at least to me, just from the, the outside looking in CSU though, they're also looking for a better for performance because the Rams coming off their worst performance of the season Lost at home to Northern Colorado. They were 16-point favorites. Really got their butts kicked uh, in the paint and on the glass in this one. It was kind of, you know, an an experienced UNC team with a lot of, you know, fifth-year guards, but still uh, concerning in that regard. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to give Jake the mic here. We can talk about that Washington game, but I guess more than that, I just want to ask you, what is the, the temperature amongst you know like buffs fans right now or i I didn't really ask that right like how are buffs fans feeling i guess are they uneasy because you've seen the potential 
but the the high variance in results makes it really hard to kind of get a gauge of you know what is this team what can they accomplish uh frustrating would be the word i think fans would use because they've just been so up and down uh you mentioned that loss to washington the arizona state one was awful they really should have won that game but with that loss to washington they lose back-to-back games for the first time this season and it's concerning in the fact that a lot of these problems that have been coming up throughout the year, um, some problems coming into the year too, the lack of size, um, just the lack of inexperience, the lack of a true leader, a go-to guy that can get you a bucket when you need it. Uh, that really showed up against Washington. Uh, as you mentioned, the highs have been high when they shoot well. I mean, they're tough to beat, but they don't shoot well all the time. They really struggle constantly. They turn the ball over constantly. Um, they've had issues with injuries, lineup guys in and out. They really have struggled to find another guard to fit into that starting rotation. It's just been, it's frustrating. That's all I ever can really say. When I look at this Buffs roster and when I look at the the numbers, a couple of things jump out to me and you, and you kind of alluded to them there. One, the inconsistency from a jump shooting perspective. Two, the turnovers. Three, the lack of assists. Only one guy on CU averaging more than two assists a night. Comparatively, CSU has five guys currently averaging two or more assists. Is it is it a lot of ISO? I mean, from what I've seen, it can be a bit stagnant for this Buffs offense, and that's confusing to me given their turnover numbers. Like, a lot of the times, you know, when you have high turnovers because they're whipping the ball around, you know, unless you just have a guy trying to do too much. I don't know. It is interesting me to me there though. And I, and I think it does kind of come down to, like you said, just not having, you know, like a true point guard you can lean on to facilitate. And if you're CSU, I think you feel pretty good in that regard, given that you have Isaiah Stevens back. Right. So, I mean, that's the huge thing. Um, the ball, like when I think about the season as a whole, to this point, they've moved the ball. Well, they found open shots. It's just, I mean, what coach Boyle calls it is lack of toughness. That's what he's really been preaching on. I think that's been the problem under the rim and in those situations. Um, we've seen Javon Hadley, the transfer, come in from Indian Hills Community College. He's one of those guys that's embodied toughness that Coach Boyle keeps pointing to as a guy that this team just needs to take some of that with them. Um, the turnovers, though, it's just sloppy play at times. I mean, it's almost like they're forcing the offense too much. They force the passes inside under the basket too often. And as we mentioned, they're usually not able to, especially against Washington, keep up with their size. So it just creates issues when those big hands and arms get in the passing lanes, balls are flying all over the place. You mentioned the lack of size there. I, I mean, these these teams, it's, it's going to be a problem for both of them all season, especially when you face some of the more uh, legit teams in their respective conferences, you know, the the Arizonas of the world, if you're a CU, the San Diego States of the world, if you're CSU. When when CU is rolling, what are they doing well? When they're rolling, uh, KJ is taking over basketball games. Tristan Da Silva is able to kind of make up for that lack of size and be aggressive, play bigger than he actually is. I mean, he's like a 6'9", 6'10", forward already. But um, in terms of a center, I mean, Lawson Lovering just hasn't really completely developed to the offensive side of his game on defense. He really stands out to me just with how much he communicates points out um, what exactly is going on on the floor. So when it looks good, that's, that's what it looks like. It's these guys, they're aggressive. They're able to get uh, great looks and hit their great looks. Um, and 
just hit the the three ball too. I mean, that's been one of the big reasons why they upset Tennessee, why they upset Texas A&M, um, why they were able to not lose to Yale. by uh, They only won by three at home in that game, and Yale was really coming back in the end too. So that's what it looks like when it's rolling. But even in the Washington game, they were playing pretty well in the first half. They just kind of fell apart and struggled with that zone down the stretch. So It seems like in your assessment, it's more about handling like the moment and and the intensity of the game and kind of being inexperienced and immature and having that show like they do have talent and athleticism they they aren't necessarily locked in you know from from possession to possession yeah i mean you lose evan batty a guy who was a huge leader on and off the court for this team um they've had other guys like mckinley wright who have been huge leaders and have i mean for lack of a better term led them through those tough stretches they don't really have that right now. And it's something that Coach Boyle was concerned about coming into the year. And it's really just continued to be exposed as we move through this season so far. It's going to be interesting. I don't, I haven't seen a line come out for this matchup yet. Ken Palm has it as a six point victory for CU. When I look at this matchup though, with CSU having Isaiah Stevens back, I kind of like their presence. I mean, obviously, with no David Roddy, it's it's a much different matchup than last year, and Ram fans will, uh, you know, they're going to bring up the fact that CU ducked him last year, which is what happened, but that's part of the game. I get it. You know, it's scheduling. It's all, it's all a little song and dance there. I don't think I probably would have wanted to play David Roddy either. Um, I don't know. I, I don't feel hor- about, horrible about it from CSU's perspective but they have to defend the paint a hell of a lot more than they have um, at times this year. The Rams have been pretty good about valuing their possessions, so you're not really worried about that, especially when Isaiah Stevens is out there. For the Rams, I think it's just going to be big if they can, you know, disrupt CU, get them kind of out of a rhythm, you know, take some of those turnovers and have it lead to transition buckets the either the other way. The Rams really like to run guys off the court when they have that opportunity. You get Isaiah Stevens rolling early, you know, I, I could see a situation where CSU gets hot. That said, you know, the CSU's kind of had some of that as well, where it's like they've showed that immaturity when it gets tough. And that's kind of where I'm curious is, you know, which one of these teams coming off of a, a rough game can get it together and win an important one. Because, you know, if you're CSU outside of Northern Colorado, they've done a pretty good job of avoiding bad losses. Now that one really hurts their resume. I, I don't necessarily forecast either one of these teams as like guaranteed NCAA tournament teams or anything like that. But I mean, you are at the position at programs where you want to be in the mix every year. This is a big game. Like neither side can really afford to lose it. Yeah, no great, great points all around there. Um, I actually want to respond to that with a question just about CU's resume to this point and with just the high variance, really they have big wins and they have terrible losses. What does that look like in the grand scheme of the tournament at this point? I mean, are they out already for CU or is there still hope to kind of salvage this just with, I mean, we saw last year, they had a nice run towards the end of the year. Um, They didn't really do much in the tournament. However, though, where should, where should we kind of put our hope, I guess, in this, this team and their resume so far, if are there, pull up the the schedule here. Okay. Um, I mean, no, you're, you're certainly not out of it. Cause you're going to have plenty of opportunities for a lot of Q1 and Q2 games and conference play. 
I mean, you know, those road games against like UCLA, right. uh, Arizona, those type of games are going to be huge. For for CU, you got to have this one. Um, they got to win these next four in non-conference play. I think losing to CSU is is a loss that you can survive because I think the Rams will be pretty good when it's all said and done. Probably like even if you lose, you know, a Q2 loss at worst, maybe Q3, depending on on how the metrics end up playing out. But if you're C, if you're CU and you're looking at this schedule, you got these next four at home: CSU, North Alabama, uh, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, and you have like a deceptively tough road stretch to open up the conference play with Stanford, Cal, before Oregon and Oregon State come, and then USC, UCLA. That's six games right there. That that's probably what's going to determine whether or not the Buffs are, are going to be in the dance or not. You can obviously, you know, always win the conference tournament. Like there, there are always you know fluky right. ways to back in, but yeah, I mean, the the unfortunate part, I think, about college basketball, and, and you could, you know, maybe say the same in, in college football, is the bad losses seem to hurt you a hell of a lot more than the great wins seem to to benefit you. The other question I have, um, you mentioned Isaiah Stevens. He came back. How did he look just in his return to the floor? And what do you expect from him just this game? Is he going to be his old self, or is he still not there yet? You know, the, the first matchup, he came out and CSU kind of really thumped a quality Loyola Marymount team at home. And he looked like his usual self. I mean, he, he came out, hit a mid-range jumper, then a step back three, then he's attacking the rim. He looked a hell of a lot more explosive than I would have anticipated right off the bat, especially given that it's a foot injury. Maybe showed a little bit more rust in that second game, had a couple of, you know, kind of uncharacteristic turnovers, just, you know, a, a pass you don't, you know, normally see him make dribble it off of himself, that type of thing. He is just one of those dudes that's so locked in all the time. Like his perform his poor performances are so few and far between that I I just I give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. He's, you know, since he was a true freshman, has always performed well in these moments. But that said, I mean, this is a, this is a big moment, you know, if you're Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy, no longer in the picture, you haven't played CU in a couple of years. The last time they came into Fort Collins beat you when CSU was, you know, kind of starting to begin that ascension with, you know, Roddy and, and Stevens, they were freshmen at the time. If you're Isaiah, you know, this is an opportunity where you kind of have to like leave your mark a little bit. I mean, he's obviously accomplished so much. He's an all conference player, freshman uh, mountain West player of the year. He's he's going to be one of the greatest, you know, CSU basketball players of all time when it's all said and done. But you need these moments, right? You know, those rivalry moments that like stand out if you really want to be revered. Like Bradley Van Pelt was a really fun college football player. He's like an average quarterback, but right. he had those moments, you know, in the biggest games. And for Isaiah, he has all the talent in the world. He has the resume. I think for him, this is kind of an opportunity to to earn one of those signature moments and he he's going to embrace that. I mean, he feels to an extent, I feel like, you know, like he gets overlooked a little bit and he does, he's genuinely one of the better point guards in the country and he just does not get that attention. I'm really excited for him. Uh, that said, you know, this, this matchup always just, it's tight, you know, like even when one side is on paper, a significantly more skilled team, they played 55 times on average. It's decided by 3.3 points. Which team can execute in the crunch time? I like if you're CSU that you have an Isaiah Stevens. One thing both fans should be worried about, though, neither of these teams can make their damn free throws. 
No, it's been a it's been a battle shooting the ball all year at all parts of the floor for the Buffs. It's been awful. I am curious about that, and I am curious if one side gets hot, how does the other team respond? Can you stay composed, you know, and just all right, we got to buy a bucket here. Maybe you try and slow things down, work, you know, work it in the paint. Or you start going shot for shot. And that's kind of where CSU's yeah. gotten in trouble at times in the past. They've been a little hot and cold as a jump shooting team, too, really the last couple of years. Like the numbers tend to even out and look pretty good in CSU's per uh in CSU's favor. They do have these games though, where it's like, yeah, I mean, they finished, you know, 20 of, you know, 35 or whatever, but they started one of 13 or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. so that they can kind of have those as well. And they also tend to have those moments where when the other team, you know, knocks down a couple of threes, they start trying to, you know, match them. For these young, inexperienced teams who can just stay composed, you know, like who can battle yeah. it out, hang around. It's a game of runs, you know, just don't yeah. don't lose yourself. Don't get uncomposed if one team gets hot. And I think if if one team can kind of just battle it out, they should be okay. I think the talent level is relatively similar. Same thing with athleticism. You know, CU does have a great home court advantage. I'll be interested to see. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the atmosphere is like too. You know, especially given yeah. that there's all this juice, you know, around Dion. I don't know if he'll be there right. or not since he's still coaching the the bowl game. I kind of doubt not, but I'll be curious to see like what that vibe is like because obviously the the Buffs fans are are loud and proud right now. Yeah, I mean, I love that you led into that because that's what I wanted to get into. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to covering the game alongside you um, because you're just our resident college hoops guy, and I appreciate your insights. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to expect, honestly. Uh, I really asked around. I tried to see if Coach Prime is going to be at this game. A lot of people were unsure, so um, we'll wait and see. I know it's going to be close to sold out if it isn't already. It's going to be an absolutely raucous atmosphere. I know the students are going to show up. They've been showing up pretty well um, after CU returned from that road trip earlier in the season. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just glad they're playing, man. You know, I'll make jokes about, you know, the Buffs ducking, you know, the Rams last year. But frankly, this is just this is a game that should be played yearly. You can't make the same arguments you can about football where it's like you only got, you know, three non-conference games. I, I understand the logic of that when you're playing a 30 game season generate yeah. interest, especially when you have two programs that are well coached, you have, you know, student, you know, fan bases that are buying in and engaged. Like I understand first and foremost, this is always going to be a football state. It's just, it's rooted in our identity. You know, I mean, it starts right. with the Broncos, but you know, CU football, CSU football under sunny, like it just, it is what it is. We're a football state. These games have been some of my favorites. I mean, I know you didn't go to to CU, so it's a little bit different for you going into this one, but just some of those matchups, like Spencer Dinwiddie going into Moby Arena, you know, and, and basically single-handedly beating the Rams by himself over the final 10 minutes. Like, I didn't get over that for a year. And then, you know, Nico Carvacho going into Boulder and a shorthanded CSU squad without their best player, you know, upsetting the buffs. Like, that's what it's all about. These games are competitive. They generate interest. I wish we played twice. I wish you played a home and home like New Mexico and New Mexico state. Now yeah. uh, that one has gotten kind of intense for off the court reasons. And that story gets uh, crazier and crazier. Maybe two times is, is too many for the intensity, but 
I'm just glad to have this game back. It's it's great for college sports. It's great for local interest. And if you can't make it to Boulder, make sure you're at the DNVR bar because we will have it rocking. There'll probably be fans of, of both sides there. The Nuggets game is going to be on afterwards. It's just a good time. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm really interested to see how this team responds too. I mean, first back-to-back losses of the season, it's really time for them to step up and figure out if they're going to be for real or not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this this really is a a big matchup for both these teams. I feel like it's a prove-it moment for both of them coming off of of rough stretches. There's certainly, you know, I could see a scenario in which either side wins. I don't don't feel like the talent gap is, is significant either way, but I feel pretty good as a CSU guy. I'll just say that. I feel pretty good. Part of that is for some reason, and I should have I should have verified the stats on this, but it just feels like CSU plays better in Boulder than they do in Fort Collins in this series. Like I don't know what it is. Like the the I don't know. They just enjoy, you know, kind of coming in and, you know, being spoilers a little bit or something. But uh I'm very much looking forward to it. We're gonna have tons of people from DNVR there, coverage from every angle possible. So I'll obviously be covering it for the Ram fans. Jake will have it covered for the Buffs fans. RG, I think, will be there and have everybody covered. I don't know. It's yep. going to be crazy. Um, we'll mm-hmm. probably have more stuff that comes out between now and then. So keep your eyes on that. Make sure you're following Jake and me for all things recruiting. Both of these recruiting classes are going to be insane, mostly because Dion is going to uh, make his own, obviously. That tends to happen. Jay Norvell did the same thing, only signed one of Steve Adazio's uh, previous verbal commits. But mm-hmm. the Rams have a ton of open scholarships, too. So it's going to be the wild wild west and obviously building up towards that what is it september 19th uh, week three whatever it is when csu and cu play in football in the fall yeah man really looking forward to it uh also use this opportunity to plug the draft pod too we talk college football all things college football really and nfl draft related to the broncos almost every friday we're a little fluid when it comes to that Um, but it's one of my favorite shows that i get to do every week and i hope you guys tune in Definitely check that out. We need to do a better job of promoting it, but I know that we do have a loyal audience that uh, comes back week after week, which is awesome to see. Shout out to all of you. Shout out to our presenting sponsors who Jake and I will mention individually because we have two different pods and this gets wonky. And a shout out to all of you. It's a fun time to be a college sports fan in this state. Um, If you like what we do, always consider becoming a DNVR diehard. You get awesome discounts on merchandise, exclusive opportunities, exclusive content, uh, discounted drinks at the bar. It really is the best uh, Colorado sports fan community out there. And you're missing out if you're not. So go check that out at the dnvr.com. Check out everything else we've got going on. Nuggets, abs, Broncos season almost over. Thank God, you name it. But uh, <laughs> like Jake said, we got the draft pod and obviously we'll be keeping you covered all throughout college basketball season. Much love to all of you. Shout out to all the local sports fans. Peace. Hope you guys enjoyed that talk with my guy, Justin Michael. As I mentioned, check out that DMVR draft pod. We talk all things college football there. Real quick before we introduce the newest member to DMVR buffs, Will Darkey. I want to tell you about guys about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love our Breck brews at DMVR. Try out some of our favorites. I'm going to keep on plugging this Mountain Beach Sour until the end of time. My Probably my favorite beer right now. I love that beer. Also, a Vanilla Porter Jr. hits the spot this time of year when it's cold and crispy outside. Or you can get a Christmas ale or a Buddy Pass. 
We also have Good Company Hard Seltzers served at the bar. You can check out their beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. Again, that is www.breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. All right, let's bring Will Darkey in. We're going to talk about what we saw on Sunday in the game against Washington, as well as his thoughts on Coach Prime and Thursday's game against CSU. Shout out to Justin for hopping on the pod with me and talking Buffs versus CSU basketball. Of course, that game is going to be on Thursday. Sunday was a wild day. We had the Deion Sanders press conference. Of course, there was a Washington basketball game. And this is where we are going to be bringing in one of the newest members of DMVR Buffs, an intern, Will Darkey. Will, you are a student at CU. How's it going, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, obviously a student at CU, so coming on here to talk basketball, but I'm also a fan of all other sports. So while I have a focus on basketball, it's kind of been tough to uh, ignore the Deion Sanders news. So also very excited about that. Absolutely. Let's start there then. What are your thoughts on it? What do you think about Coach Prime coming to Boulder? Um, Kind of what you and Ryan talked about, like just from initial reaction, I when his name was like first tossed out there, I was like, wow, that'd be really cool. But there's just no way I was kind of <laughs> leaning towards the more like realistic options of uh, like a Herman or something. And then, yeah, like his name just kept getting brought up and I don't, I kind of, I got sold on it and I'm like, all right, if it's not, if it's not prime time, then I don't want it. And I'm just, it's still so surreal that it is yeah. prime time. I think like it'll start to, set in like once the like spring ball gets rolling and stuff but right now it's just it's chaos and i love it i love all of it love to hear that what's the vibe on campus right now i mean i'm sure he's the talk of boulder but what's it like being there right now um it's fun yeah it's uh there is just like this buzz like i've been go i've gone to every home game as a student so far and we show up we show out but like it's you kind of show up and show up because it's like it's a football game and it's like well it's Saturday might as well go but now there's like this I I want to like be involved with this team I want to follow and I I have in my life I've never seen anything like this with this team people actually care and yeah I don't know for CU football to be like the forefront of conversation it's weird but I love it yeah it's pretty amazing isn't it uh, but we're here to talk some hoops. You are very knowledgeable about college basketball. You're a huge fan. Of course, you are a huge fan of this Buffs basketball team. I asked you to really cover the game on Sunday for me because I was a little busy. What were your main takeaways from the loss against Washington? Um, Main takeaways, I'd say, it's kind of what we've just been seeing so far this season. Um, Just kind of a lot of inconsistency on offense. This team is very talented. Like they've got some players that are just incredibly talented, but it just seems like this team lacks a little bit of consistency. And I don't know. I don't know if it's somewhat of a mental game uh, that like once two shots aren't falling, then four shots aren't falling, and it just seems like this team tends to get in a lot of cold streaks. Um, yeah, it was kind of later. Well, actually, I didn't see much of the end of the first half because the I was watching on the Pac-12 network and they cut to the <laughs> that's Deion amazing press conference but when I cut away the buffs were up and then next thing I know um CU's down like seven at halftime and it's just kind of streaks like that where it's not like a two-minute run where 
like Washington, for instance, in that game, like cuts the lead to five or they go up five. Like it's kind of these longer spans where the team just goes ice cold. Um, I feel like I, the main thing that I feel like I've been seeing and I bet a lot of other people have been seeing is just can't finish around the rim. Like just a lot of easy misses and layups. And then another weird thing is uh, free throws. I feel yeah, like tap oil coach teams are like, Recently, they've been incredible on free throws. It was like two years ago um, when they were the five-seed March Madness. They had like one of the best free throw percentages in NCAA history. And so it's just very unprecedented to see like, I don't know the true number on the season, but just the past couple of games, they've been shooting like right around that 50% free throw mark, which is just very weird for a Tad Boyle team. Very weird indeed. One of the things that I watched kind of like the extended highlights of the game. So I got a beat on it. I just wasn't watching it, you know, start to finish in real time. Ethan Wright started the ball game. He ended up with zero points. Um, what's going on? Because it seems like they've really struggled to find that fifth or that third guard actually in this lineup to really give this team some pop. Um, just your takeaways on the starting lineup. What can yeah. we do to fix that? What can Tad do to fix that? I don't know. A lot of it is just chemistry because that's what like the shots aren't falling and a lot of that can maybe be contributed to like chemistry. So I, I do like what Tad's doing by just tossing people out there. And I think eventually something will hit and click. And it, I mean, it's still like it, you're not watching the pros. It's college basketball. So at the end of the day, you'll still have like days where a team goes like the five starters go out there and they're just not clicking. But I do like this kind of throwing things out there and just seeing if they stick. Ethan Wright has been shooting the ball well um, mm -hmm. in the past couple of games. The Washington game obviously wasn't his best outing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it now, it's still early in the season. That was only the second game of uh, conference play. And this team's still young. The Ethan Wright's a transfer too. So a lot of these guys are still just trying to like figure, figure out each other. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it, I hope it'll start to click soon, but for right now, it's, I think a lot of it is just kind of like throwing stuff and seeing if it'll stick. Right. You sent me your notes after the game. I kind of read over them and it's something I noticed too. When I was watching the highlights, it seemed that they really struggled with Washington's size um, in the front court and that zone that they play, just trying to penetrate that. What can you tell us about what you saw there? Yeah. The zone I like really picked up on, um, at the beginning of the game, it seemed like just CU hadn't figured out the zone yet. They couldn't really find the gaps in it. They couldn't, they didn't really know where to move to like get open. And so there was like that struggle at first. But then I think once they cracked the zone, they were able to like get to the open spots on the court. It was just then a matter of kind of completing the play and finishing their shots. Like there was some Ethan Wright looks where they got, they got the look they wanted. They got Ethan Wright like open on the perimeter. And just the shots weren't falling or uh, one thing they were trying to do a lot was work the ball into the paint. And there were like, I, I think in my notes somewhere, I said that um, Hadley and De Silva, they got, they kind of got hot and a little streaky mm -hmm. um, kind of second half. And they were, they were getting into the middle of the paint and then just turn around like floaters and they were going, yeah. but it was just a little too inconsistent for like those mid range floaters. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can also, um contribute it to 
the size because Washington's starting center was he like tore his ACL the game before. So they were, mm-hmm. they're putting out their backup, but their backup, I'm forgetting his height now, super tall guy. Um, and he definitely, I definitely do think he had a presence there, but a lot, a lot of it that I saw was the zone and just kind of struggling with finding open looks in the zone. And then um, once they were able to like find the open looks second half of the game, then just couldn't like complete them. What's going on with the turnovers, man? 18 turnovers again. I know Washington had 18 themselves, but this team has just been really sloppy all year long. I mean, we had those hot stretches against Texas A&M, against Tennessee, where they actually looked really good. They took care of the ball. They were hitting their shots. But every other game has looked like this where they keep on turning the ball over. I mean, Tad's got to be just furious about this. What is your analysis of this? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more about Tad. Um, he's such like an X's nose. Like he just, he cares about the nitty gritty of basketball. And so when you're getting 18 takeaways, that looks great. But when you're basically just net neutral with 18 turnovers, it's, that's just got to piss off Tad. Um, I don't know. I think I just, I'll keep looking back at like the streaks of it. Like I, I feel like when the team's on, then everything's clicking, but then when, when one thing goes off, then the next thing, and it just, it feels like dominoes because I, I, there was a couple times during the game that like two or three possessions in a row were turnovers. And I, I don't know, I don't want to like attribute it to just like mentality going down and all of a sudden they're just kind of giving up for a little bit, but I don't know. It's weird. They just get like on these runs of sloppiness that um, I don't know if they're trying to like speed up the game. And uh, if they're like, I, Tad does like to play with pace. He does like to, move the ball in transition if you get a turnover so it could be part of that and then that's where the or yeah they get a takeaway but then that's where the turnovers are coming but yeah I don't know a lot of uh what I also saw with the zone was they were using up a lot of the shot clock they were using like a lot of their possessions felt like they were 30 seconds and they weren't getting the like the pass or they weren't getting the shot that they wanted and so a lot of it felt like a little forced and there were some 30 second um, like shot clock violations too, which um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it feels like there's just like streaks of sloppiness that the team just can't avoid. Yep. When I talked to Tad last week, he just kept on bringing up toughness and he said that that's one of the biggest issues in terms of finishing at the rim. Um, The numbers looked a little bit better in that department in this game, but it's still just a weakness for this team. I mean, they're just kind of throwing these shots up at the, at the rim and their, their bad shots are not going to go because I mean, they're just kind of sloppy. Let's look ahead. Then let's put this one behind us. We'll get past all these nasty losses. What are you looking at in terms of this game against CSU? Isaiah Stevens is back for the Rams. Just what is your read on this matchup? Oh, it's it's a big game. It's it's non-conference. So it doesn't, doesn't go towards the conference record, but it's, it's, it honestly feels bigger than a conference game. It's your rival. You don't get like there hasn't been a CU CSU football game in a little bit. So this is kind of like your mini Rocky Mountain showdown. And I I definitely feel like the players want to show up more. There I, I have a feeling they'll come out stronger than other games because this game I, I just feel like deep down it probably does mean more. Um it's home court too, so hopefully hopefully the fans can show up show out um i know tad has uh preached about that too like 
as much as as much as we all care about primetime right now, they still got to show up for the basketball team. And yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a big game though, and uh, you need a bounce back because you're on back to back losses for the first time all season. So it, it's it's right. really a big game, and it's a big test because yeah, Stevens is back for the Rams. We'll see how it all unfolds. Do you got a ticket for this game? You gonna be there? I do have a ticket. So yeah, yeah. Right now, right now the plan is to go. I love to hear that. We're gonna be sending out a few of us from DMVR. We're gonna have a lot of us out there covering this game from all angles. We'll have to meet up, man. Uh be Definitely. cool to hang out and talk some hoops. And uh I know we won't be watching the game together, but we'll talk afterwards and all of that good stuff. Will, thank you so much for coming on, man. We'll have you back on later on throughout the season just as this team and this season continues to unfold. Um, really appreciate you hopping on, man. Uh, we'll have you on soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. There it is, guys. Special shout out to Justin Michael. Special shout out to Will Darkey. Love talking to those guys about anything to do with sports. Looking forward to talking with them further and having Will on this podcast further. That's going to do it for today's show. We have a ton of content coming out on DMVR Buffs. This podcast feed is on fire. There are shows coming almost every day at this rate. Make sure you check out the site at thedmbr.com and consider becoming a diehard. Join us in the Discord. You get exclusive deals when it comes to merch, events, and beers at the bar. I'm happy I got this out there. Shout out to you, Buffs basketball fans. I want you guys to know that you are not being ignored. We are here for you. We are still covering this team as much as we can. Things may be a little hectic right now, but it is still basketball season. You know where to go for Buffs basketball content. If you made it this far, consider rating this podcast five stars in your podcasting app. Make sure you follow the beat at DMVR underscore Buffs and follow me at Jake DMVR. All those are on Twitter. Until next time, guys, Sco Buffs.